This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. Do you know the head of the Budgery Gar Society in Great Britain? <laughs> <laughs> what? Is it John Burrish? No, it's Jeff Case. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the shop player. The shop player, yeah. Oh, right. God. Jeff Case. Oh, my God. Of the Budgery Gar Society. Chris. Chris. <laughs> yeah. Cut yourself off. We're going to have a check. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going to a Palace game and standing in the um, in the Arthur and looking across and there was a fella sitting there with his dog, sitting on the terrace in the Homesdale with his dog next to him. Someone's got to remember that. No. <laughs> I remember standing outside a shop with a dog once and somebody tried to put 50p in the head. <laughs> oh, God. Brilliant. Brilliant. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Hello and welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name is Ben Nagel and I'll be your host tonight as we take a look back at what turned out to be an absolutely spectacular day at Salas Park. We're up to 15th in the league table after our 3-1 win over Liverpool. Were we good or were Liverpool just terrible? Just how impressive were Yannick Balassi and Mila Jednak? Should Dwight Gale start every week? And might Neil Warnock actually be the right man to keep us in the Premier League? We'll discuss all this and more. With me tonight are Nick Gussett. Eagles. Patrick O'Connor. Hello. And Tony Pears. Evening, Homesdale Universe. We'd really like to hear your views on everything we talk about tonight, so make sure you tweet us at HOL Radio. You can phone us on O2... That's 0208 1234 You can contact us on uh, www.holradio.net slash contact. Um, get us on Twitter at Whole Radio. And on Facebook, there's a Whole Radio page. And uh, I shall be in the chat room, uh, www.holradio.net slash chat. So, Patrick, you were um, watching stateside. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, Nick... I don't have words to be honest. A um, little while before the game started, more worried as the game went on. But at the end of the day, it was a fantastic result. And um, full credit goes for me to Neil Warnock for what he did and also obviously to the players. It was a really great day. 
Okay, um, I've just realised I've made a schoolboy error. We're going to go to the news in brief while we find out what's happened to Ben. Ken Gillard's, no relation apparently, academy side put a free game winless run to bed after producing a fine display to beat tabletop as Brentford on their own patch, three goals to one. Palace teenage defender Ryan Innes has extended his loan spell at Yeovil Town by a further month. The centre-back has made three appearances for the Glovers since arriving at Hewish Park a month ago and will remain in Devon until the 20th of December. Eagles goalkeeper Lewis Price has joined Crawley Town on a one-month loan until... 20th of December. The Welsh shot stopper has been a regular for the Eagles' development side this season and now he'll get an opportunity to feature in league football once again during a temporary stint at the Broadfield Stadium. Good luck to Lewis. News in Brave. 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 So it was an excellent game at Sellers Park today. Um, I myself was very, very worried going into the game. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't actually sure whether I'd go because it was peeing down with rain. Um, Tony, were you there? I was there. It was very, very wet. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I'm, I'm certainly glad I, I went. I actually was in Block B today as my brother couldn't make it. And um, a definite, definite different atmosphere in Block B to the, um, to the, to the uh, family stand. What, what did it for me, though, was the fact that I heard some Warnock out chants in Block B in the third minute of the game. Did anybody else notice those? I've got to say, I didn't notice that myself. I sit in Block C, um, just behind oh. the, um, just behind row 29, so I'm further back from the Fanatic. So I can't say that we heard anything. Oh, that's good. And, and what were your thoughts, Patrick, you know, a minute and a half into the game? I, I saw the lineup. I thought, yep, this is the perfect lineup that we need. Shamak and Gale up front is what lots and lots of people people have been shouting um, and uh, Campbell was dropped what were your thoughts on that Patrick I actually uh, wasn't filled with the change in the lineup um, just going quickly uh, the back four I was concerned that we had uh, <laughs> taken out Marriott but I found out earlier in the match that apparently he's injured so that's why Kelly started and then I have no problem with Gale over Campbell um, I actually like both of them but I can see why we would have started Gale because of his speed um, and I was hoping that um, perhaps Zaha would have started over um, either Balassi or Punchin because of, again, his speed. Uh, but you know what? Um, it obviously turned out that I know nothing and Warnock is God. Yeah, I, I was actually pleased that Kelly started because I, I'm always a believer in, in you stick a player in against his old team and generally they, they damage them. What are your thoughts on that, Tony? Yeah, I can understand the logic there. It tends to happen to us more than other clubs if I, if I think back. <laughs> um, I think Kelly played okay. Um, I don't think he was amazing. Um, I, I still am in the camp where I think that Kelly is much more suited as a centre-back and I think the future is going to be Kelly and Dan in the middle. They're both in their mid-twenties and then hopefully we could get Joel Ward back to his rightful position. But he does seem to play the, well, uh, the role reasonably well. So, you know, while we haven't got a left-back that we can actually rely on and Joel Ward, unfortunately, is the only person we can rely on there, I suppose it makes sense. Yeah, Lions 550 in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat, said he thought that Kelly looked shaky today, but I'm not so sure. Uh, like I said, I was in Block B, so it was weird getting a different perspective on the game, you know, in, in, in the position that I was actually, um, you know, could actually view the match. Uh, it's good to see that Ben's back. Hello, Ben. You all right? Hello, yeah, I'm going to have to explain that I'm all right. So, I don't know at, what, at which point I cut out, but um, 
pretty much just sort of did my intro, ready, through to news and brief, and uh, then it just, my computer turned off completely, like, just disappeared. So, um, well, what have I missed? We heard that. Well, we're just talking about the lineup and um, how we were surprised that um, Mary Appy was out, but as Patrick said, he was injured. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, Zaha not starting? Because I, I'd have thought he would have been straight in. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, well, I would pr- probably have started the, the team that he did. I mean, I, lineups actually was the first thing that I've got on my uh, on my list of things to talk about. So if I just quickly just go through that, obviously three changes to the side that lost to United. Dwight Gale came in for Fraser Campbell. Mealy Ednek back for, back from uh, suspension for James MacArthur, and then uh, as you say, Martin Kelly came in to face his old club in the wake of a knee injury to Adrian Mariapa in uh, in training yesterday. So the main talking point from that has got to be Dwight Gale, really. Um, as you say, potentially, you know, you would have expected Wilfred Zaha to come in, but it was uh, it was Dwight Gale who got the nod to, to play up top with Shamat just behind him. Do you think? Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll go I'll go to uh, Patrick first. Do you think that Gale started purely because he did so well against them last year in that in that game that we know so much about? I initially thought that um, Ben, but then I heard that perhaps Frazier has a knock of some kind. But just right. thinking, going back to last year, I think um, if Warnock uh, obviously saw that match. Um, if you've seen Liverpool's defence all this year, you know that um, speed destroys Lovgren and Skirtle. So I think that it might have been six and one half than the other. Maybe he felt that the speed was an issue and then, you know what, give, maybe give a little change. And I heard something disturbing on Twitter or Reddit that people think they actually changed the lineup because the people were complaining, meaning the fans were complaining. And if that was true, that would be really scary. I don't think um, Warnock's on Twitter. So I doubt that was the reason. So yeah, I yeah. think he probably did it because of last year. Okay, and Tony, what are your thoughts? I am... Um, Wonder. I mean, we all say that Mr. Warnock's uh, not the most tactically inept manager. Um, sorry, tactically inept, that was wrong. Yeah, the most tactical manager in the world. But when, when I had a long think about it, and I watched, obviously, the match itself, and it came more and more true what I was saying, I think the problem is when you've got Campbell on the pitch, he plays very far up front, and we know that Shamak now likes to play deeper, and that leaves a massive, massive gap between the midfield and up front. Because Gale's got so much pace on him and he likes to play off Shamak, what it means is that he comes deep when Shamak comes deep. So it means we don't have someone really far up top, but we've got enough pace in the wingers we've got and with Gale that we can catch teams. And I think what what happened by having Gale on the pitch is it meant that the whole team played cohesively rather than having a big gap um, and leaving the last man stranded on his own. So it depends on whether you think that Warnock did that tactically and therefore that was a genius move or whether he did it because what the fans wanted. I mean, you've seen that quite a lot with Dwight Gale before, you know, mostly with, with Glenn Murray, that partnership where he forms sort of, you have a, a bigger striker sort of in behind him that, that will be able to knock the ball on, get the ball down for him. Uh, and Gale sort of just does the run in, you know, off, off the last defender and, you know, tries to, to get onto that loose ball, which he, he did so many times today. I mean, Nick, I'll come to you. What did you think about Gale today? I thought it was absolutely fantastic and I've been, been moaning for him to start for ages because he's got a good games to goal, goal goals to game ratio and he, he knows where he knows where the onion bag is completely sorry my voice is going I've been screaming so much today and that's uh, what happens when you sit with my the dream, fanatics mate yeah my dream partnership was um, was always Gail and Murray because as uh, the erstwhile gel get well soon gel has um, has always said that um, Murray and Gail did really 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 well in the under 21 game so it was good to to see that that kind of shit going together, and Campbell does a lot of running, but not in the same way that 
um, Cameron Jerome did last year. And mm. I, I actually think Campbell's a, a bit of a shadow of Cameron Jerome, apart from the fact he's managed to score. None that the world is, of course, but you know, but Gale, Gale had them worried. He really yeah. did. I mean, um, well, that, couple of, sorry, a couple of people in the chat room, we, we were talking about Kelly while you were off the air. Right. Um, and Shifty97 said he thought it was Kelly's best game at Palace compared to the rest he's played. And um, Tony alluded to the fact that he thinks Kelly should be centre-back, but uh, Shifty97 has said Dan and Damo is a miles better centre-back partnership. Okay, right. well, yeah, we will come to that um, very shortly. On that point you mentioned about, uh, about um, Glenn Murray, you know, potentially, you know, we talked about that partnership. That might be something that we don't get to see very often, depending on Glenn Murray's future. Obviously, we don't know too much about that. But potentially, we could have a, a little partnership, a new one between Shamak and Gale. So that, that could be a good thing. Um, Patrick, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I think it's just the way that we play. Um, when we played Fraser Campbell, I mean, I'm with this group, Nicola, but I think he does play a lot like uh, Jerome did last year. I mean, he's got to hold the line by himself and chase down lost causes. Whereas when you see, like um, someone just pointed out, when you see Gale play, Gale plays a lot closer to Shamak, and they can link up better, and Punchin finds him, and Balassi finds him. So I think it's just the way that we play. And again, I've got to give credit for that for Warnock, because we didn't play like that last week against Man United, that's for sure. Or two weeks ago against United, that's for sure. So yeah, It's just a different way of playing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right, so we've spoken about the Palace lineup. We will we'll quickly come on, go on to, on to their goal in a minute. I just want to touch on the, the Liverpool team really quickly. Obviously missing some big names from the last time we played them. Suarez has obviously gone to Barcelona. Sturridge is injured. Balotelli, sort of last minute, found out he was injured. Um, you know, Henderson was ill. Do you think this was sort of the right time to play them? Do you think like, with, with the, a lot of their players out, obviously having an absolutely terrible start to the season? Um, Tony, I'll come to you first. Do you think it was the right time we played them? Yeah, I think it's finally this season we've played a team at the right point and got something out of the game because the other teams we've played at the right time, like you know Arsenal, arguably uh, Man United, certainly we haven't really capitalised. And Liverpool, you know, we've played them at the right time and we've managed to get a result against them. I mean, some interesting points I've I've found out um, even before the match is that. And I've, I've said this to so many Liverpool fans because it's one of my favourite stats is that since the turn of the millennium, Liverpool have not won at Sellers Park. And this will now, as of today, is the sixth time they've now been to Sellers and they just can't win. Um, and I think that's a great stat to have. It's, it's a stat we don't really have on many other teams um, in the Premiership that we can say that the Liverpool just, we are their bogey team at the moment when they, they really fear coming to Sellers Park. And I, yeah, think, I was, well, was going to say that we really are turning into their bogey team, aren't we? It's uh, becoming uh, pretty miraculous. I think the, the Sky Cameras will definitely be there for the yeah. fixture next season after what's happened in the, in the last couple. Just quickly, um, they're, they're, um, sorry, their crowd was very, very quiet as well. Didn't hear them at all, apart from when they scored. Yeah, that's the thing; they, they scored really early on, and then I thought two minutes later they were they were quiet again, as though the match hadn't even started. It was uh, it was ridiculous. I'll quickly I'll give out the phone number because, uh, as we mentioned at the start of the show, we do want your contact tonight, and we uh, we'd love to hear from you. So the phone number, if you do want to give us a call and, and chat about your thoughts on today's game, is zero two oh eight one two three four zero nine eight. That's 0208 1234 And you can tweet us as well, at HOL Radio. And, uh, yeah, as we are expecting a call from Chris Hamlin pretty soon, probably, because, uh, you know, we can't get away from being on this radio show. Uh, right, so let's talk about the, uh, the weather conditions. Just really quickly, and then we'll go into the game. Um, obviously, Patrick, I know you're, you're over in New York, so maybe you don't get... Well, actually, what's the weather like in New York at the moment? Is it good or bad? It is actually excellent. It's about 60 degrees, but okay, right. today it was about 30 degrees. So we didn't have that uh, in London today. It was uh, pretty terrible weather conditions. Um, but I think potentially that favoured us because uh, 
although I think before the game I said that it favoured us, but it was weird because despite the conditions, I actually thought today was was one of the most we've sort of kept the ball on the floor all season, and we sort of did play some football. But before the game, um, Patrick, I'll come to you first. Do you think that that favoured us over Liverpool? Yeah, most likely. I mean, um, what I've noticed actually is not the weather, but the pitch. The pitch doesn't look in great shape. No, it doesn't. What I see on, on TV, especially the wings. Especially, I, I noticed the uh, the side across from the the the, 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 uh, the benches. It looks really poor. So, I mean, I, I, but we're used to it, I guess. Like I said so. I don't think that suited people like Coutinho and and um, you know Sterling like to play the ball on the ground, that kind of stuff. So, I think you know from that standpoint and the rain definitely suited us more than it suited them. Mm, yeah, Tony. Yeah, the, the pitch is looking really bad at the moment. Um, and I've been told one of the reasons is that the putting in the undersaw heating, um, I think they were delayed with it, so the, the turf didn't get enough time to develop. And it's going to take, I think, in next I think next season, it'll look a lot better than it did this season. But I think the, the undersaw heating installation hasn't helped. And mm. I think that's why the pitch is looking... So, I mean, it, looks, it, it just looks horrible out there. As you said, the wings look really bad and... You know, the rain today probably didn't help as well. It's probably really testing that new drainage system. I mean, you can see that they've had to put the white lines on several times because apparently they washed off because of the amount of rain they had today. Yeah, it was, it was weird seeing, uh, seeing a bloke walking around painting the lines at half-time. It was a very Sunday league. One other thing I, I uh, had heard as well, I don't know if it's uh, particularly... Uh, I, I think it's probably true, but um, I heard that there were problems with foxes as well at the, at the stadium, sort of uh, digging the pitch up. I don't know if that's uh, sort of to blame for the state of the pitch fully, but um, yeah, I did hear that they were having a few problems with that as well. Uh, so let's get to the match action. We'll uh, we'll move on to that. Uh, we started off very very badly with them scoring uh, really early on. It was a Martin Kelly error. error. Um, Nick, I know you said you were talking about Martin Kelly earlier. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit more in a second. Uh, but he just let Lambert go at that really early stage. It was a really good touch and a really good finish from, from Ricky Lambert. Um, sort of showed, well, for, for pretty much the first time while Liverpool bought him. It was his first goal for him. Um, but, I mean, were you fearing the worst at that point? I'll go to you, Tony, first. Um, I was in two minds, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> I couldn't help when they scored that goal think to myself, well... We're 3-0 down last year and we managed to come back against this team and this is a team that's not as good as they were last year. So that that always gives me hope. I don't know whether it's just against Liverpool or any team actually that we, we've still got a chance. And I think because it was so early in the match, you know, there was there was time to get in there was time to get back into it. And, mm. you know, the weather the weather was terrible, so you know, you couldn't get a, a sharp, slick passing football because you could see a number of times when players were trying to do things or try and going around, the ball just wasn't falling through them. So you always thought that there was a chance that you'd get back into the match and more and more we grew into the game. So I think after 90 seconds, you can't really say you're out of it and get despondent. But you know, I'm sure there were some people that were just like, oh, here we go again. That's it, we're all over. We might start going home now. But you know, I think personally, I thought to myself, it's too early in the game to say that. And we know what happened last year. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And Nick, what did you think when that first goal went in? Here we go. Um, to be perfectly honest, no, as I said, um, a few people behind me started chanting, well, we want Warnock out. Um, well, to be fair, you know, it's the old Southampton duo, wasn't it? And yeah. it, 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 was, it was a brilliant goal. You, you, whatever minute he scored, it was a fantastic goal. But to be fair, we didn't let it get us down. Heads didn't drop too much. And although it took us quite a while to get back, get into the game properly, um, I thought that they'd attack, 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 but they didn't. Yeah, which okay. is surprising. Yeah. Tony? Well, I was going to say, that I, 
I, I could I could echo slightly what um, what Nick says there, but I think the thing that really perked me up was the fact that after scoring their goal, literally a minute later, we went up their end and almost got a goal ourselves. So that's why you, I thought that okay, we're still in this definitely. Okay, and uh, Patrick, what were your thoughts on that first goal? When were you uh, fearing the worst? I was slightly shocked, but to be honest, um, I wasn't overly concerned, and I'll get to why in a second. But I thought that Kelly's marking on that was really atrocious. Lambert all game, actually. One thing I give Ricky Lambert credit for, he's, his ball movement off the board is excellent. He makes really great runs. And it was a good run, but I don't think Kelly should have lost him so easily. So was I concerned um, a little bit? But I knew we could come back because I've got a stat for you. Um, we have the second most points this season from losing position behind Chelsea. So I wasn't really concerned about us not getting anything out of the match. I thought we'd probably get a draw today anyway. So once we gave up the goal that early, I thought we could still come back and get something out of it. Good. There's positivity for you. Um, I yeah, try to be. <laughs> yeah, Nick, American positivity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick, he's in America. Said. He's not in the UK. Otherwise, he'd be despondent. And oh, God. nah, that's not my personality, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah as, Nick, as Nick said, it was a fantastic ball from from Adam Lallana, uh, the old Southampton connection. Um, I think he did all match. Well, yeah, I think it just sort of caught Martin Kelly out. He was uh, his weight was on one side, and, and the ball came round round the other side, and he sort of had to uh, twist himself around and didn't quite get there in time. Nick, yeah, uh, Tony was saying that we we went up the other end and almost scored. Didn't we break quickly today? Yeah, that's really quickly. That's that's uh, yeah. I mean, we're going to move on to talking about Yannick Balassi, but um, in fact, let's do that now because uh, it didn't take us long to get back into the game, and sort of Yannick Balassi was unbelievable in that build up. Um, you know, that just the whole of today. I think he, he worked his socks off, especially after you know coming back from from international duty this week. He's had a fantastic week away with with Congo. They qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, you know, he's, he's scored a few goals and he's come back with this streak of blonde in his hair, and he's just uh, he's on fire. <laughs> he was just. I tell, you what, I tell you what, Ben. If any other week leading up to this, you know, based on how he's played so far this season. Like many fans, I would have said, oh, God, uh, you know, drop him. He's not playing well. He's not playing well. But I just had this gut feeling because of how well he played for the Congo and the fact that they qualified. He got two goals. One of them was an awesome goal. I just thought, actually, he's going to be really fired up today. And after, mm. you know, after last season, you know, the way he played against Liverpool, they're going to be fearing him. I mean, the fact that they, I mean, I've heard it was probably due to injury, but the fact that they put Glenn Johnson on the um, left back instead of right back, a lot of a thought maybe that's because um, Blassi gave him such a torrid time last season. Yeah, definitely. That could that could definitely be uh, be one of the reasons. Nick, you've got something from the chat room. Um, yeah, the Lions five fifty. This is in the whole radio dot net slash chat. He said he thinks the key to today's performance was that both Jedi and Ned they actually carried the ball into the final third, something they haven't done for a while, which led to the equaliser. Um, John, the program seller, um, says Blassi seems to play absolutely blind as against the Merseyside clubs. He was also amazing against Everton. I, I, we, we picked up quite quickly. Do you think it's because we were in the bottom two and we knew we had to? How much How much did that psychologically sort of push us into saying, right, we've got to bloody do something here? Because I, I thought we'd be more nervous and actually sit yeah. back a lot more than we did, but we didn't. We, we took the game to them a lot more than I was anticipating. Yeah, well, I definitely think there's a psychological boost now being sort of 
you know, 15th and, and sort of away from, from that bottom three. And I think going into a match when you're, well, we were 19th, but the, yesterday there was potential that we could have gone into today's game being rock bottom of the table. And I think, you know, nobody wants to be there. And I think our squad is a lot better than, than being in those bottom three positions. So, um, yeah, I think I do. I, I agree, actually. Psychologically, you know, to, to know that you can really break away from that bottom pack, especially after QPR lost yesterday, and you can, you know, really sort of get away from, from that 20th position and, you know, let alone the ones above it. So, um, yeah, I know I do agree actually with that, Nick. Uh, Tony, you got a point to make. I think Warnock's given um, put a rocket up them over the um, international break. I mean, we know he's a good man motivator. He said he's been working a lot on defence over the last two weeks, and it's interesting to echo what um, Lions Five Fifty has said um, about carrying the ball into the final third. One of the interesting stats I saw that Sky brought up after the match is the fact that a majority of our passes were actually in their half. I think it was something like 67% of our passes were actually in their half as opposed to our own, which I thought was very interesting and very unlike us, actually. Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, so that, that first goal then, um, obviously started off with uh, a pr- pretty incredible shot from Yannick Balassi. Uh, he's he's learned to shoot from somewhere and then obviously uh, Dwight Gale doing what a strike. <laughs> he was on best. target. Yeah, well, and, yeah. uh, actually, actually, I've got to correct that. I actually remember telling to my mates and laughing at the thing, and I said he still didn't get it on target. Yeah, true. It, uh, hitting the post doesn't actually count as being on target, does it? Keeper didn't have to make a save. Uh, but yeah. yeah, Dwight, Dwight Gale was in the right place at the right time, uh, and sort of strikers finished uh, to put to make it one all. So, Patrick, what did you think about that goal? It was, I thought, it was a brilliant goal. One, I, um, uh, you know, as Lion five fifty said, um, it started with Lady carrying the ball. He played the ball to Yannick. Yannick cuts inside. And I thought it was a great shot. And I'll tell you, if you watch the replay, Gale makes a run around Yannick and he carries like two defenders with him. It's created the space for him to take the shot. And then to react that quickly for the rebound just shows you what kind of player Dwight Gale is. He really is um, a, a poacher and a great uh, you know, forward. And just going back to something else before, um, we have, a, we have a, a couple of phrases in America which are kind of strange. One says you can't coach height and you can't coach speed. And I think that speed aspect of Galen Balassi was the, was the key to today's match. I think they scared um, the defenders, especially Mankio. Uh, he was, he was, Yannick was destroying him today. And as soon as Yannick switched over to the other side, he started destroying Johnson. So I think that speed thing today with, with Galen Balassi was very, very, very big for us today. And it's a shame yeah. it's not the other way around because I thought punching, look, punching just looks so slow on the ball. I'll get to punch later and I got a point about punching, but I'll say I'm starting to sound like gel. <laughs> I know you I'll are. Start swearing. I'll start swearing in a second. Please don't. <laughs> I do think I do think they're very different players. Uh, we will come on to that. I think yeah. Balassi, you know, Balassi's all about pace and Punchin sort of got a, a closer control with his touch and you know, yes. you know, they have they have a different game. Nick, you've got Absolutely. a point. Yeah, on on well, first of all I'd like to ask Patrick a question. When the ball sure. comes off the post and right. somebody scores, is that third phase or second phase on the, on the attack <laughs> that's called the, um, that's called the postal phase there <laughs> the, the post post phase <laughs> exactly um, how much Belassi today was confidence having scored in the week because um, he, he scored an absolute blinder in the week did you see that on YouTube or whatever I, I, so, I, I did see it and listen it I'm a huge Yannick fan so yeah, I'm a huge fan of his so Yannick Yan is a, is a confidence player no doubt yeah, about it you know no if he doubt. if he has a you know twenty minutes where he he's sort of taking it around players and he's being successful in his runs and his crosses, and I think that just helps his game and he'll sort of get better and better. But if he on you know on the flip side of that, if he makes a few mistakes early on, then you know that sort of does affect his game and and you know he can sort of drift in and out. But today he started very well uh, despite the uh, the early goal and yeah really kicked on from that. And I think it's, you've got to say it's his best performance of the season. Nick, you got a point? 
Definitely, and it certainly shut a few people up. He said, "Oh, we shouldn't play after he's he's, <laughs> he's done so many miles." Exactly. Um, he, he said he did fifty thousand miles. It was that Jedi. Somebody said, "I think it was our friend um, Alex." Said might, it. Alex Penn think, said it. Alex, Alex my missus right. thinks he sounds like Russell Brand. I, I do as well. <laughs> he, you know, he does, sounds like Russell Brand, but he hates it because he's so posh. <laughs> But yeah, Belassi, definite confidence. And yeah, the, the Liverpool players were crapping themselves, absolutely crapping themselves. In fact, there was one time where uh, Joel Ward was running up the wing and the Liverpool player was crapping themselves and then he realised it wasn't Belassi and relaxed a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a bit disappointed. Well, I say disappointed. I wasn't impressed at all with, with either of their um, their fullbacks. I thought both Mankio and, and Glenn Johnson were, were poor today, you know, sort of. You know, less than five out of ten, really. If I, if I was rating them, so you know that really did work in our favour, and, and Balassi, uh, you know, sort of made the most of it. So um, going into half time, um, obviously, you know, it's one all going in at the break. So at that point, um, Tony, I come to you first. Are you confident that we can go on and win the game, or or at that point, is it just a case of staying tight and, and hoping to get a point from from the second half? I can honestly say that at half time I had absolutely no idea what was going to happen in the next 45 minutes. I thought if we're going to be typical Palace, we know we're probably going to concede either in the first five minutes of the second half or in the last five minutes of the <laughs> second half because it always happens. But I genuinely had absolutely no idea. And that's not to do with the fact that what the result was last season. It's purely because we, we were playing well. We were attacking. We were attacking a lot, which was great to see. It was great football. Um, and something I haven't seen at Sellers for for a bit, um, and Liverpool weren't exactly um, sitting back and parking the bus like certain other West London clubs. They they <laughs> you know, it was it was very much end to end stuff, and I I genuinely couldn't couldn't guess as to what was going to happen in the second half. You just you, you just couldn't you just couldn't it could have gone it could have gone either way. Um, you know, I mean, the second half. I mean, I know you're going to talk about it in a second, but if Lambert scores that header, it's a different game. Mm. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. So, Patrick, uh, you're sitting at home. You're watching the game. You've seen all the uh, all the first half. You've watched the punditry at halftime. What are you thinking for the second half? I'm thinking that we've got a chance to get something out of the game. I didn't think it'd be more than that, but I thought this. The key is going to be when does Warnock make subs and who are they going to be? Because I really thought that at this point, uh, at that point, that we need to do, maybe change something up slightly. And if he makes the right subs. Um, it would be the key to the game, and it proved to be exactly that for me anyway. And I'll get to that later on, also. Who mm. else fought when? I'm, who else fought when Delaney went down and saw Hangerland warming up? Oh crap! Here we go. Yeah, me. Oh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, let's talk about that quickly. Actually, then, while we're on the subject, um, unfortunate for Delaney, um, but as uh, I can't think of it, or somebody, uh, I think it was Neil Ashton actually after the game. I I read uh, uh, his player ratings, um, and he said about Delaney's injury, and he said. Um, Delaney would only go off if it really was something bad. You, you know, he's not the kind of player to, to shirk, you know, any, any challenges, and he's not going to leave that pitch unless he really has to. So, um, you know, Alex Manos, the physio, came on, and as soon as he got there and, and found out what the problem was, he, he was signalling to the bench. And uh, it's a shame, and hopefully Delaney isn't out for too long. I mean, we've got seven days now, so hopefully he'll be able to re- return for the next game, uh, Swansea away. But yeah, Hangerland came on, and the, the thing that sort of worried me most was that it'd been on, you, sort of, you know, the, the injury sort of came out of the blue and, and Hangeland had to get on really, really quickly. And he came on and about 30 seconds after he'd been on, the ball went up the other end of the pitch. And it was only then that he had time to do his shoelaces up. So, you know, yep. at that point, you're, you're worried that, you know, is he, is he prepared? And we had 10 minutes to go to half-time and I thought, you know, just get through to half-time sort of, and then he can regroup and come out with the players in the second half and sort of be at the same level as they were, um, you know, sort of coming out and, and restarting the game. Whereas, 
if you come on 35 minutes in, you know, the other players have had, you know, sort of time to get into the game and it is difficult, you know, and that, that is where mistakes might be made. But um, and, it's, and it's another time that Warnock has been forced into making a substitution due to injury as opposed exactly. to tactics. Yeah, exactly. It's always his first, his first sub lately always seems to be an injury. <laughs> Nick, what did you think when you saw Hangalang coming on? Well, uh, Shifty 97 said to his dad that he'd rather play with 10 men than Hangerland. Uh, <laughs> but the end that bad. Um, I, I, Hangerland's got the experience, you know. And I think with Dan there, I think they're, they're, they're quite good. They're quite good. Um, I think the, the biggest difference for us today was um, the midfield. Liverpool's midfield was weak. I mean, Gerrard, bless his cotton socks, he's, he's a spent force, isn't he? <laughs> and our midfield, Jedinak... And um, and um, Ledley in there were just brilliant. And and as somebody said earlier, they they're carrying the ball forward, and we've got we've got Shamak uh, up front. He's holding the ball up, and he's playing Gale in. And with Campbell up front, you've got him being a target man, haven't you? And as Lions in the chat room has said, wholeradio.net slash chat, some of uh, Shammy's feints and runs had Gerard tied up in complete knots, and because. Um, because we didn't have the target man up front, Badil, uh, taxi man Stan from Bracknell, has said that we had to play football because we weren't relying on hoofing it up to Campbell. Funny, funny stuff about Stephen Gerrard. Um, according to what I saw, I'd, I haven't checked to see 100% if this is true, but apparently it is. Um, both Gerrard and Skirtle made zero successful tackles today. Which, yeah, just shows sort of how much they're struggling and... It's a shame. I really, really like Stephen Gerrard, and I have, you know, for, for a long, long time. And he's sort of, you know, he's sort of an inspirational figure, sort of growing up watching football. And um, in some ways, it's a shame to see how how much he's declined. But, but you know, really this season, in particular, he, you know, it all started back back end of last season with that slip, and he's just going downhill very, very quickly. And it was definitely the right time for him to sort of get out of the England setup. And yeah, it's a it's a quite a drastic decline. So we'll move on to. It's also a massive thing based on uh, the difference between him and Lampard because Lampard was playing in a very, very good team and he could bow out gracefully because he knew that, you know, he, you know, he could because there were players that that could come in for him. Whereas, unfortunately for Gerrard, you know, he has carried that Liverpool team for so many years and without him, they look, you know, they don't look like the same team and unfortunately they don't have anyone that can um, come in. I mean, they're hoping that Henderson can learn off Gerrard, but he's not learning quick enough. He's getting to be a very, very good player, Henderson, but now they've got the problem, they get rid of Gerrard and they haven't got anyone to go alongside Henderson. So, mm. Yeah, Patrick? Real quickly on Gerrard, I mean, um, Gary Lineker was on NBC today talking about um, how Rodgers is handling uh, Stevie Gerrard and he says he should handle it more like the way... Um, Paul Scholes in the hand when he came back for Man United. He's playing too much and they mm. put too much pressure on him. So maybe they should play him less and he'd be more effective. I mean, I'm not a, I don't care what Liverpool do, but <laughs> you can definitely tell today that he just was in the fame. He, he made some good passes. His free kicks were horrible, thank God. The two that he had hit over yeah. the bar, but he just looks totally, he looks, he looks a shadow of himself. It, it's, it looks really bad. Patrick, the problem yeah. is the same thing that the same thing that I mentioned with Lampard and Chelsea is the same with Skulls and Man United. They had players that could come in to take the role while Skulls was recovery. Je- I agree. Liverpool don't have that. They don't have it, right? You're right. I got a lot of money though. Let's just spend some of it. <laughs> the um, the Premier League is unforgiving. It's absolutely unforgiving, isn't yeah. it? And uh, once you start to fade, 
that's it. You, you've got no chance, especially when you're up against a midfielder Jedi and um, Jedi who'd come back from Japan. Bloody Japan. And uh, going on to Jedi, because I don't want to talk about Liverpool, because we're not a Liverpool <laughs> podcast, a Palace podcast. Jedi, his passing was immense today. Absolutely fantastic. It was the best I've seen him passing for a long, long time. And you know really? what I yeah, I thought we really. I could think at least of half a dozen occasions where we had a decent run on the ball. Like we we almost had people breaking, and we had a chance, and then Jedi picked up the ball, passed it to their player, and everyone goes, "Oh, for God's sake!" To be fair to him, he'd then go tackle them and get the ball back. <laughs> <laughs> but there were so many passes. I mean, Jedi is a great, great player. I mean, you know, I know they talk about these European stats of him being one of the best in Europe at, at what he does, but. I'm sorry, even today, even at the, the game he had today was immense, but his passing is still woeful. Mm, interesting point, and a strong point as well. So if you're, if you're listening at home and you disagree with that, make sure you, you get in touch. You can call us, as I say, on... Oh, I should have the number really right. 0208-1234-098 if you want to uh, get in touch. And as we say, at HOR Radio if you want to tweet us and, and we'll read that out. And I'll read one out now, uh, which takes us nicely into the second half. And it's from George Brimble. He says, I've never seen us take the game to a team for ages. The fact that Ledley and Jedi got into their half won it for us today. Uh, and Ledley was definitely in their half when he scored the uh, the second goal. We, uh, <laughs> we came out fighting and uh, it was fantastic from Yannick Bellassi again. Genius uh, tactical change by Warnock as well to put him on the left. Yeah, yeah, well, he, yeah he was quite quick to say that after the game as well, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Bellassi flicked it over the defender uh, and as he did for our second goal against him last season, pulled it back and uh, Joe Ledley was there, relatively simple finish. Um, but Patrick, what did you think when that second goal went in? Um, I jumped up, I ran to my son, gave him a high five, and I turned, and I, I <laughs> missed the Ledley slide. I heard um, he did a, a really bad slide, almost broke his, broke his knees when he slid, but I was so, I was so happy when he scored. It was, it was such a great move by Yannick. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, perfect cross. And I actually thought I mean, probably maybe could have saved it. I think maybe it go through his legs. Yeah, yeah, it went underneath the goalkeeper. Yeah, but it was, I was ecstatic when he scored. And you, know, you could just tell, um, uh, I mean, the, the crowd went crazy. It was a, it was a goal towards the, H, towards the home zone, which was really nice. And it was just a fantastic time to score. And uh, as Tony said, it was a great move by um, by uh, Warnock because bringing, bringing in MacArthur, putting MacArthur in the middle, moving Lady to the left and, and moving um, Yannick to the right really paid off, maybe, what, two minutes after he brought MacArthur on. So it was tactical genius. Yeah. I mean, uh, Chris Grierson spoke to, to Joe Lelly after the game and, and spoke about the goal, and Joe said that he really hoped he would have scored earlier in the season, and uh, you could sort of tell that from the celebration that he doesn't score very often, because he uh, exactly. definitely hasn't perfected the knee side. He went in too hard and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, nearly flipped himself over. But uh, Tony, we'll come to you. What are your thoughts? 
Uh, it's interesting, Ledley's goal, because I echo everything that everyone said. You could tell how much it meant to him. And, and Ledley's definitely got a goal in him. We saw last season, he's, he's, he's got a good shot and he can hit the ball as well. But I don't know if you guys agree with me on this one. When he, when he, um, when he struck the ball, there was definitely an element in his face of, please don't go blasting it over the bar. Please don't go blasting it over the bar. <laughs> he, he, t- he tapped it in so gently. I mean... It was right. If Mignolet's got his legs down, and he hasn't got his legs spread open. Then, then he's obviously going to save it because it was right at him. But it was it was a good finish. I'm not going to take that away from him. But you could you could see by the um, yeah I agree. velocity it went at. It was almost as if okay, if I if I get too excited, this is going over the bar, and everyone's going to hate me for it. <laughs> yeah, in the I end, it did go in. Cool. Go on. Very cool finish. Yeah, no, I, I think that he was very good as well. Um, there were a few times in the first half where I didn't think he was having a particularly good game. Um, much like Tony said uh, about Jennak, I think Ledley gave the ball away uh, quite a lot in the first half. Just sort of, you know, when we when we gained possession, sort of gave it straight back to Liverpool and put us on the back foot. But you know, he, he really atoned for that with his goal, and I thought he was he was excellent second half. Um, so yeah, I was really happy. Um, now let's move on a bit further to the third goal, um, where pretty pretty swiftly after the second, actually, and you know, when you score the second goal, you think right, we're two one up now. It's very interesting to see what happens um you know from that stage do you uh, i mean do you if you sit back then you invite pressure and you can potentially concede but you know i don't think we didn't do that today which was good and we got the third goal pretty swiftly after the second which uh, gave us a bit more breathing space and uh, nick i'll come to you first what are your thoughts well first of all that freaky how the bloody hell did skirtle stay on the pitch because he was fouling gale all afternoon and i know um Brendan Rodgers said he didn't think it was a free kick because the shirt pulling was six of one and a half dozen of the other. But but Skirtle was all over Gale, kicking him, and it, he studied him in the in the um, the fire or the back of his heel a couple of times. And if if he hadn't have been booked already, I think he'd have been booked for the for the foul for the free kick. I definitely think um, that if you look at the referee, just just as that free <laughs> kick comes in, the referee goes to reach for his pocket for a card, and then yeah. actually realizes, oh, he's already been booked, so I can't send him off for that challenge. And the the uh, major the major thing around me is when when the ball was placed on the ground, everybody around me said, "Let Gale have it, let Gale have it," and even and you could see Gale was actually um, pissed off, looking a bit disgruntled. Yes, <laughs> I try not to swear. Yeah, looking a bit disgruntled. And, um, looking a bit taking disgruntled. the gel hole. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And didn't he? It was just fucking brilliant, that goal, wasn't it? <laughs> Come on! A lot of people were saying... And we were mental. And I actually felt the, the shin wrap of Block B for the first time ever with the mentalness of the jumping up and down. I mean, we jump up and down in a family stand, but it was absolutely mental. And it was just, have some of that, you scousers. And it was... It was Unbelievable. If Unbelievable. Ronaldo, if that had been Ronaldo or Messi, you know that Sky yeah. Sports would be playing that on a loop every 15 minutes. But because it was just Mile Yedinak, it gets shown yeah. once or twice in the highlights and that's it. And you know as I mean? uh, John, John the Programme Seller says in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat, that was the postage stamp of the goal they always talk about aiming for. <laughs> just a beauty of a free kick that even Gerard would have been happy with. And yeah. it sums it up. Postage stamp of a goal. I've never heard of that one. But that's, you know. If you took a shot from behind the goal, it's like perfect. Like you can see exactly where he's aiming. You see the ball curling round. It was, yeah, picture moment. 
I thought it was postage stamp because if you look at a letter, the front of a letter, the postage stamp is right in the top right hand corner. Top right hand corner. That's where exactly. it went. That yeah, sounds better than my explanation. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually think your explanation made any sense at all. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, postcard, so... postcard, postcard goal, mine was. All right, okay. It's, well, not, it's not that you say when you put it in, you go, lick that. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, as, as, uh, as Nick said, I think a lot of us, and I think you'd be lying if, if you weren't like this, when uh, when Gail moved away from the three free kick, uh, you were very annoyed about that because... Um, most of Gen Next free kicks seem to go well, pretty much top tier of the Homestead if it's down that end. And uh, I think Warnock, after the game as well, uh, in his in his interview, said that he wanted Gale to take it, and uh, if it had been his choice, Gale would have taken it. So, uh, luckily, uh, Warnock wasn't any closer to that free kick, and uh, yeah, and Jednak was allowed to have it. But I think if if Jednak says he wants a free kick, you give Jednak the free kick, don't you? Nobody's arguing with him. <laughs> um, so yeah, as I said before, at two one up, you sort of worried that it's going to be a bit of a back to the wall job, you know, trying to hold out for for the three points, and it would definitely would have been typical Palace to have sat in our box for fifteen minutes, you know, really let them come at us. But we uh, we pushed on and got the third, which made it a lot less stressful for us in the stands, definitely. Um, what a free kick it was, as, as Nick said. Um, I think we've we've pretty much all talked about the, the free kick. So um, from there, Nick, I'll come to you first. Are you pretty confident that, that that's the game done? That we got three points. Well, I was, but Stan, who I was stood with, said, right, that's it now, we're going to lose this. And he was, he was fine at one all. And the moment we go 3-1 up, he's suddenly all nerves and he's, he's a, you know, he's biting his nails. And it's, it's unbelievable. The, the, the more we go ahead, the more worried you get. It's, it's the Palace <laughs> way, isn't it? <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, Tony, go on. I, I, I can echo that. I thought when we went 3-1 up, I thought, thank, you know, thank goodness we've got a bit of um, breathing room here. But then there was that point where Gerard put the ball down due to a really silly tackle. I think it was Jednak actually who did it. And he put the ball down and, and it was about 83rd minute. And I turned to my mate and I said, if Gerard scores this, this is going to be 3 all. Mm. I if he scores that to make it three two, then they'll go and get another one after that. I'm not saying that my maths is terrible, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, uh, would it have been three? <laughs> um, now, yeah, I understand what you mean because, uh, yeah, especially with someone like Stephen Gerrard who scored so many goals like that in the past. Um, yeah, you, you do sort of get worried that if that goes in, that really would have been back to the wall because, uh, yeah, we we, uh, we probably would have been right in our own area waiting for them to come at us. Let's talk quickly about Mila Jednak. I know we've, we've spoken about, uh, about him a little bit before, um, but after that free kick, I think, you know, you know post-match and, and even for the next few days, most most neutrals will be talking about Mila Jednak because uh, he's really earning a reputation as, as one of the best midfielders in the league. Um, so, uh, Patrick, I'll come to you first, actually. What, what do you think about Mila Jednak, you know, in general? Does he deserve all, all the credit he's getting from, from neutrals? I'm not sure if he does, but I'll, I will say this. I think he's really played well this year. He's added uh, goals to his locker, which he didn't give us last year. Um, I don't know what he does at practice, but he obviously practices a lot uh, on both penalty kicks and free kicks because, again, as you guys said, that free kick was, was really good. Um, it was one of the best figures I've, I've seen all season. So, um, again, I saw that stat by him being rated top midfielder. I, I'm not going to buy into that, but I will say again that... Um, he has really played well um, this season overall. He's had some couple of, couple of matches. I've been one of the few, you know, few critics of his that said, you know, maybe we should put MacArthur in there for him, etc. And, and a yellow and a red card bothered me. The petulance that he showed against Sunderland, but he's had a really good season, and he's definitely uh, the leader that we that we that we need to, you know, to, to lead us to um, staying up this year. So no, he's been well. He's done well this year. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, Nick, over the last few games, you know, if, if we lose or if Jednak doesn't have a good game, a lot of people seem to, you know, tell him for a rest. You know, people say, you know, give him a game off, let let James MacArthur come in there. Do you agree with that at all? After I, I would have done, but after today, no. I mean, they're professional athletes. They're fit enough to play every week. We've had the break. Uh, or you know, didn't have the game last weekend. I don't suppose he's had the break, so ignore that comment completely. I, I did <laughs> want to make another point of uh, about Jedinak. Um, he stopped uh, Shamak getting booked. I thought um, Shamak was getting quite petulant after he gave away a foul. On, well, I didn't think it was a foul, but the ref and, and the ref. Sorry, I'll, I'll come on to the ref in a minute. But um, Jedinak just went over, had a quiet word, and the ref calmed down, and um, he didn't book Shamak. And I, I really thought Shamak was going to be booked. But um, was the ref biased at all today? <laughs> was he giving them? Was he giving them? Um, giving it the Liverpool way when when perhaps it shouldn't have gone that way? Because there was lots of sarcastic cheering when Palace did eventually get a free kick. Mm, yeah, or I do was I just imagining it? Because we um, yeah, or are we just imagining it because we're the underdogs? Oh, yeah, I mean, Patrick, you you know, you watch the game on, on telly in New York, so you sort of get a bit more perspective that, than we do in, in the stands. What did you think about the referee? I'm not a big John Moss fan. I thought he, he blew every single time a Palace player blew on a Liverpool player. <laughs> I mean, Lalana, uh, Lalana, Coutinho and Sterling, they must have awful balance because every time a Palace <laughs> player came next to him, they would fall to the ground and he'd give a free kick. And it was getting really annoying at one point. In fact, I'm shocked he didn't give a... I don't know if you guys remember, right before we scored the, the, the second goal, I guess it was, there was a... There was a or the, right after we scored, actually, I think, uh, there was a, a claim by um, Sterling for a penalty kick. And mm-hmm. I was actually shocked he didn't give the penalty kick because, you know, obviously Sterling dove for the penalty, but he didn't call it. But he was given the most ridiculous fouls today, and I was really <laughs> getting upset at him. So he didn't have a great game. You know, people said that we won and he had a great game. I thought Moss was horrible today. I really mm-hmm. did. Yeah, I know. I know the uh, the moment you're talking about. It was between us scoring to go two one up uh, and three one up just after yeah. we went two one. Um, exactly. Yeah, Sterling in the area, and it, and it was definitely a complete dive. And and yeah, like you say, you know, I look back at the game and, and thought about all the decisions that, that John Moss made, and I'm surprised he didn't give it because uh, shocked. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't have been uh, any different to to the rest of his performance. Uh, Nick, you got some <laughs> thoughts from the chat room? Yeah. Um, first of all, Lyons said, and he, he said the same as me. Did Patrick just say dove? Daniel's <laughs> dove. Is that, is that the past tense of dive? I don't know. Maybe it is in America. All Maybe right, he dives. Sorry. Dive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the chat room, wholeradionet slash chat. Jeff Thomas, not the Jeff Thomas, I'd imagine, said the ref was shocking. There's a different opinion here. Um, Sesmic, uh down there in the West Country. Hello, Mike. Uh, the ref was quite biased, I thought. Calls an eagle said he was soft for everyone, not just Liverpool. Um, Shifty said no, he was on Liverpool's side. Susmic uh, says he has a bad, bad history anyway with making silly decisions. And Coulson said he was bad, but not biased. Uh, didn't we have problems with John Moss before? What game did he mm. ref last time? That was hey, um, when he sent off KG. Oh, is that one? Yes, that's the one. That's right. why he's not any good. Yeah, I don't like John Moss then. Just from that, I, I didn't actually uh, didn't make the connection, but yeah, now you mention yeah. it, that that was terrible at Old Trafford last season. So uh, yeah, John Moss is is definitely in Palace fans' bad books. Um, right, let's talk uh, a little bit about a couple of other players. Um, 
again, we mentioned earlier, very, very sort of touched on it briefly, about a potential partnership between Gale and Shamak. I mean, they did a lot of running today. Um, I, I posted on Twitter um, some distance data, and Shamak ran 12.4 kilometres, which is just a, an absolutely insane amount. Tony? Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about partnerships that are starting to develop. Like, you know, we're hoping that Shamak and Gale is one. Uh, we've got Ledley and Jedinak. And it's interesting because um, they, 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 they're t- starting to look like each other as well. So, you know, you can't, you can't be in our, you know, MacArthur needs to grow a beard. You can't be in our central midfield unless you've got a beard. And then up front, you've got to have a crap haircut. You know, if, if, you, if you haven't got a crap haircut, I mean, look, Velassi's put that streak in his hair. I don't, I'm not even going to go on to Shamak's hair. And what Dwight, Dwight Gale's got, like, mop on his head. I mean, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> mop on his head. And then look at Zaha as well. I mean, he's... he's you know, they, you know, if you if you're up front for our team, you got to have a bad haircut, and I think that's why Campbell really got dropped. Uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty sure that's why people listen to Homestar Radio for you know they get the the alternate view about haircuts and stuff rather than the actual game. Uh, it's great. I, I think, think these I think these things are important. You know, we have oh, to yeah, absolutely have to make sure that people are aware that you know you have to have a beard if you want to be in central midfield, and you have to have a crap haircut if you're going to be a forward. You know, it's just the way it is. I'll bear that in mind. Even Spironi's tried to do that himself. You know, he feels he's in a central area, being in the goal, so therefore he should have a big beard as well. And you know, the only person lacking is Dan, maybe because Delaney's got a bit of a beard going on. So if you're in the centre, you have to have a beard. That's just the end of. Joe Lelly has um, to be king of the beards, though. That is uh, that's some serious <laughs> growth he's got there. He's completely yeah, really overtaken Jen there. And it's, uh, it's almost disturbing. The, um, apparently, we need to get a team of false beards like those worn in the stoning scene in the life of Brian, according to Lions 550. Can we just ask Patrick to read out in his teacher's voice what he's just written in our chat there, please, Dan? Yes, I will. Thank you. <laughs> Both dived and dove are standard as the past tense of dive. Dived, historically, the older form is somewhat more common in edited writing, but dove occurs there so frequently that it also must be considered standard. Thank you very much. You're not going to read the example at the end? No, I'm not going to bother that. Okay. <laughs> no, I'll read it. Yeah, go on, read it out. Then. Okay. The rescuer dove into 20 feet of icy water. Sounds good. There we go. That's, uh, at least we've cleared something up in today's show. Cheers, Lions, for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, awesome. So we've spoken about fashion. So we've done football. We've done fashion, and now we're doing literature. So, mm. <laughs> right. yeah. well, let's um, back to the beards. Um, November beards. Will they come off in December because of sh- some charity type thing, or is it just that every that's, young man under Movember. thirty has no, a beard at the moment? That's Movember. You're supposed to wear a moustache. All right. Okay. So, uh, All right. Turns out the beards are there to stay. Then let's talk about football a bit more. Um, Gal and Shamak, We didn't. We didn't fully get onto that. So uh, I thought we'd done football. We were better than Liverpool. End of. No, we're back to football now. Right? <laughs> Ten minutes left. Come on, let's uh, let's stick with the football topic. We've got a few That's more things right. to talk about. Um, yeah, Gannon Shamak. Um, Patrick, I'm going to come to you. Next up is Swansea away. Do you play the same partnership, uh, Gannon Shamak? Absolutely. Um, I thought Shamak uh, and Gail's combination today was really impressive. Um, they played, you know, they, they seem to have something in, they just know how each other plays. I don't know if it's from training together or whatever, but you have to keep the same combination up front. Um, to be honest with you, the only change I might make uh, is maybe Punchin. But again, I don't think Punchin had a bad game today. I think Punchin is... Oh, I would consider Punchin more of a luxury player, um, which we can't really afford necessarily. But I don't think he's necessarily played poorly today. I just think that um, uh, people look to Balassi on one side and think he should be like that. Punchin's not a winger. And I think if you play, if you play Zaha and Balassi, you're going to get the same type of player, which I think is the reason why Warner doesn't play both of them at the same time as much. So... Um, I definitely think we're going we're to start next week with Shamak and uh, Balassi, even though it's an away match. 
Okay, and do you think we'll start punching? Um, I'm not sure. I'll be honest with you. Again, I don't have a problem with punching, but um, I think uh, you know, Wilfred hasn't started a lot of games of late. Obviously, he couldn't play two weeks ago because of the main United thing, and he didn't play today at all. So uh, maybe to freshen up a little bit um, and throw a little scare into Swansea, maybe he'll he'll decide to play him. But again, I I like the way Punch and play. That I think he adds something that's a little different than than our, our so-called other wingers bring us. So I think there's a good chance that um, Punch would start again. I don't think he changed a winning lineup necessarily. So why would he change it? Okay, and Nick, what's your combination for next week? Well, I was just going to ask, why isn't Will being picked? That's a great question. Is there an attitude thing? That, you know, because I'd have, I'd have stuck him in there. Is there it, what's happening behind the scenes? Um, keep keep a winning lineup, mate. Um, to answer your first question, is don't change it. Um, we played well. We played the the, the central midfielders were were playing the ball higher up the pitch. Shamak and Gale obviously worked well. Gale has got a point to prove now. He's scoring more goals per game than any other Palace player, and to not pick him is is bloody criminal. But why isn't Wilf being picked? Is he, is there an attitude problem in the in training? Is it did he just not fancy it? Who knows? Mm. Tony, I think I agree. I think you've got to have Gale and Shamak up front. Um, they've shown that today. They've got the you know the understanding that we thought they didn't have at the beginning of last season is now showing that they have now got an understanding. So that works. You said don't change a winning lineup. Um, you know, in the midfield, you know, we've said you know you have to have a beard, and that scares enough people. So you know that works. <laughs> uh, with regards to Zaha, is an interesting one because there's always this school of thought that it's not necessarily his attitude with Wilf. It's it's to do with the fact that you know Balassi is is when he plays well, he plays well, and he scares teams. And you know, we saw today when when he's when he's on form, players just can't get 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 to him. And Zaha is very similar in that way as well. But the thing with Wilf is that. A lot of people say that punching is much better at the defensive work. And in a team where we invite pressure on ourselves, I mean, even today, uh, such a good performance, but we still only had about, I think, 36, 37% of the possession. You need to be able to track back. And Zaha, unfortunately, doesn't track back enough. I mean, Badil in the chat room has actually said that himself, that Zaha doesn't track back enough. And I think that's one of the reasons um, that a lot of managers, um, well, I say a lot of managers, only Warnock, to be fair, um, don't play Zaha you know, and then we can't play him alongside Balassi. So, you know, if Balassi is bombing forward, we need someone to be better at the defensive duties. And unfortunately, Zaha isn't. So I don't know if you can have them both in the same team. I think you can have one or the other and you need to have punching on the other side. But then you can also say the same thing about Bannon, while Bannon's not getting a game either. I mean, when Bannon came on, I think some of his passing, he really showed that he can pass the ball. And, you know, he's naturally left-footed, so he could play on the left wing instead of punching. Mm. I, yeah, look, I, I disagree completely, Tony. I think you, you can have Zaha and Balassi, and in the championship season, or yeah, championship, in the championship, it works. But, but they were swapping over, and but imagine you, 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 you're the Liverpool defenders. You're a bit ropey. You're low on confidence. You got Zaha on one side, you got Balassi on the other, and then they swap over, and you think, oh, I get a break. Oh no, I've got another one here. But as John says, John, the program seller, uh, says in the in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat is that he tries to do far too much that will too many tricks too many step overs when you need the ball whipped in and Balassi did that once today where the ball went out for for a goal kick when he should have got it in a bit earlier Balassi stopped doing that a bit more he's, he's actually trying to get the ball in all right they, they haven't been the best balls in up until today but he's 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 learned to kind of curb that a bit Wilf Wilf needs to do that 
See, I know what you're saying there, Nick, but the thing is that it comes back to what I said about having Zaha and Belassi on the pitch at the same time. They both like to bomb forwards and you, you struggle a bit defensively. And at the end of the day, we've all said, and I've just copied um, Alex White's phrase there at the end of the day. At the end of the day, uh, we've got a left back who's naturally a right back and a right back who's naturally a centre back. So we need to have defensive cover. And if we've got both our wingers bombing forwards, we're going to get exposed in our full back positions. Right, I've got a question. Patrick, I'll, I'll ask you first. I'll, I'll explain my, my reasoning first as well. The question sure. is this. Do you think Balassi is better than Zaha now? And I'll, I'll explain why I'm asking that. Um, in the championship season, I think it's fair to say most people sort of agreed that Zaha was better than Balassi. You know, he got that big money move to Man United. Um, he, he was sort of on fire. But now, Zaha has had a, you know, a couple of seasons where he hasn't played a lot of football. He's just been sitting on a bench. His growth has been completely stunted. Whereas Balassi is now playing week in, week out. He's improved remarkably um, you know as we just said a minute ago he gets the ball in now he sort of you know he, he works harder he tracks back do you now think that Balassi has overtaken Zaha in terms of quality that's a great question I think it's a bit unfair because of the fact that you just said I think yeah, Enik just has more experience in the Premier League he played the mm. entire season last year whereas Wilf didn't um, but I think right now uh, Yannick is better. Uh, I mean, today's performance aside, you know, uh, he played phenomenal today. So I would say yes. But I think Wolf just hasn't had the chance. And I think a lot of the reason is it's just circumstance. Obviously, you know, the Man United thing was a disaster. He went to Cardiff and they were a disaster because they were going down. And then even this year, he comes back. And when he came back, he had that great game against Newcastle. We started doing decently with the, you know, Leicester and Burnley matches, etc. And the Everton and then didn't get to play. And then we started doing poorly. We tried to throw him back in there. And then the, the Man United thing comes up we can't play so I think it's just a matter of him getting out there and playing but answer to your question yes I think right now Yannick is definitely better than Wilf okay and Tony your thoughts I would echo what Patrick said I think on form I think Zaha's better in my opinion um, I think uh, we've seen that that when they're both playing and they're both on form uh, Zaha's just got that he's just got that edge he's got that class about him uh, Balassi is, we always joke about doesn't know what he's, he's going to do himself and I think that's maybe why fullbacks don't know what he's going to do either, because if he doesn't know. Um, but I think definitely, I think, you know, Yannick's had the experience of the Premiership. Um, you know, he was pretty much, you know, starting um, last season, whereas Wilf wasn't. Um, and he was in a very poor Cardiff team. And he's he shone in games for them. And I think you have to look at this season. I mean, the, the couple of games that Wilf's come on, he's shown glimpses of what, what he was like. The last game we played at home, I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, Sunderland. Sunderland. See, so although it was a bad result, he was one of the one of the shining things out of that game. He he, in my opinion, played really well, and I thought he he was starting to look back to the old Wilf that we all remembered back in the championship. So I think the reason why Yannick at the moment looks better than Wilf is because Yannick's playing and Wilf isn't. But I think. Well, once Will's back and firing, I think you know, it'd be great to have both of them, as we've mentioned, but we know why potentially it wouldn't work. But I do think that potential and all-round ability, I think Wolf is, is a better player when he's on form compared to Balassi. I think Balassi's now got to the stage that Wilf was when Wilf was on form in the Championship. But Wilf's got another gear he can go up, and we know that. OK, um, Nick, there's been a couple of really good points in the chat room. Do you want to read those out for us? You want to summarise what Tony said in one sentence? He's confused me to, to buggery there. Uh, Kosowski, <laughs> when was the last time Wolf was on form? And you could say, well, actually, I'd, my answer to that is, well, we don't know because he hasn't had a good enough run of games. Uh, mm. Calls an eagle. 
Yannick is more developed and about four years older, and he's got a stripe in his hair. That's my <laughs> bit I put on the end there. Yeah, um, add a little bit. Now, can I, can I just go on to Wilf? And yeah, go on. Because how it's hypothetical, and we won't know the answer, but how much better would Wilf have been had he not gone to Man United and just stayed at Palace? <laughs> yeah, I know. It, you sort of think... You know, I mentioned how Zaha was better than Balassi in that in that sort of uh, in that championship season when we got promoted. If you think how much Balassi had come on, if you think Zaha had that same situation, it, it could be pretty special. You know that it, I think he'd definitely be involved in the England setup for one. Um, and uh, yeah, but it's sort of ifs and buts really, because uh, you know what what ifs because it's not going to happen. And, and sadly, his sort of growth has been stunted, as I said, and we're not going to get to see that. But Will Scott, you know, uh, you know, you know what, Ben? He might be Raheem Sterling. You never know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think we would have stayed up if um, Wilf had stayed with us. Oh, really? Yeah, because hmm. if we, because if, Wilf, if, if Wilf doesn't go to Man United, we don't get punching, and punching was very important to our team last year. Good point. Very good, very good point. point. Yeah, it's a it's a big chain, I suppose. You never really. know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But Zaha's got a bit of time left on loan with us, and I'm sure he'll get his chance. So uh, hopefully, we'll we'll see a bit more from him in the future, and, and he'll show us if we can keep do. him because he's yeah. on loan. Remember, there's a chance he could go back to United at the end of the season. Yeah, and no, I mean, he's still got half a season to go, so um, potentially he's got quite a few more games left. A couple more points. Yannick's, now, Yannick's off to um, the African Cup of Nations in January as well. Now, true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that will be a time to shine, mate. There. On that on that subject, it was good to see Warnock saying that he's he's got some players in mind for the January transfer window, and he wants to get them in early, which we we all know isn't the Palace way. We all know we're here on the transfer window waiting for that cowbell to go in, in the last five minutes. But you know he 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 wants to get them in early, and going back to this this takeover, Steve Parrish has been very 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 quiet right. lately, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. I know um, why. He's not even he's not even going. Um, the it it got to a serious stage in the takeover now where the um, um, the guy Josh Harris, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's he's going through due diligence at the moment, and they always say when the takeover, when the due diligence happens, everything goes quiet because there's no news. They have to look for his records and make sure he's um, suitable candidate. So once that's happened, then we'll get a bit more news either way. But it's always going to go quiet while the due diligence is happening. Well, I was not even. This- uh, uh, from on my side, uh, guys, I I have heard something similar. I have a friend who knows who knows who knows what's going on on this side, and he said that's, that's exactly what's going on. They are in talks, and it's gone very quiet because they're getting more serious. Whether it's going to go through or not, I'm not exactly sure, but there are there are things that are have to have to happen uh, on this side. So we'll see what happens. Here's a good question for you: If this guy does take over, do you think Warnock will continue? Yes. Yeah. I no do. Idea. Yeah. I don't, think think gonna, I don't think there's any... See, it's the thing about the whole Warnock thing. I, I mean, I hate to be an apologist, but who takes over for him if he leaves? We don't have... There's not a valuable candidate. If there was somebody, I would say, you know, get rid of him even now. But there's no... I don't. I can't think of anybody that can take take, take over for him at this point. So for me, he's got to... Brendan Rodgers. David Moyes. Alex Ferguson. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard a conspiracy theory that says that actually they've been in talks with this guy since the summer. What guy? Uh, Josh Harris. Oh yeah, I would. I mean, I was at the Philadelphia match, and um, I saw um, actually during that game, uh, Paris came down, spoke to the fans. Because so I, I think he might have been in in the, in the box at that point talking. I can't I can't verify that for sure, but I was at the game, and I'm sure he was there because they were in Philadelphia for a game. So I, was, I wouldn't be shocked. 
the conspiracy mm. the conspiracy theory I've heard is that um, Pulis obviously didn't get on with Parish very well. He's heard that these talks are happening, thinking that Parish is going to go. He's left Palace, and then he's hoping that when this guy does take over, I mean, obviously we've heard that Parish might still be involved. But if Parish isn't involved, that Pulis will come back, and he's got all this money to spend, which is what the problem was. Well, uh, why he potentially left in the first place. We'll leave that very much as a conspiracy theory, though, because yeah. obviously <laughs> there's no there's no basis. <laughs> Um, Boy, that's, just, like, that's a good one. Just on Pulis, um, I was listening to uh, Talk Sport. God help me for the first <laughs> time in years on the, way, on the way home. And uh, this Liverpool fan came on and actually said, Can we have Tony yeah, Pulis? Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, and just, he got coated. Sorry, Joe. He got absolutely <laughs> coated. I saw him one, didn't he? He did. Right, two <laughs> more really questions. We'll, uh, we'll start wrapping this up now. I mean, my my sort of second to last question of the show is is about Neil Warnock because uh, there's been a lot of moans in the last few weeks as as results weren't going well. Um, but it seems to me this afternoon, um, you know, people aren't moaning now now that we've got this result. Um, so my question, quite simply, is is he the right man for the job at this current moment, Patrick? As I said before, um, there's no one else I could think of who we were interested in, who was available that would do any better of a job right now with what we have. So I would say definitely he's the right man for now. Is he perfect? No. Is he a tactical genius? No. But for Palace right now, I don't think there's anybody more qualified or more capable. So I say we leave him and see how things go. I don't want to be bottom of the you know bottom of the table come transfer window and and you know me saying oh let's get so and so in. But I think right now. November 23rd, that he is definitely the right person for this team at this point in time. Okay, Nick? Jury's out, but we're a fickle lot, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> any any further point on that? Or are you, are you done? <laughs> no, I mean, after Sunderland, after Sunderland, his name was mud in my house, and today he's, yeah. he's picked back up on the frame in the dining room. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we're a fickle lot. No, he got the team going today. He, he really, you know, and you can see it means so much. And, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago, somebody in the chat room said, you know, he, he listens to the crowd and he bought subs on when they chanted for him. Didn't do that today, did he? We were chanting for Wilf and he didn't bring him on. I, I, I don't know. It's it's just looking back on today, I've, 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 I, he, he just he just got us in the right place to win the game. And he's, he's no tactical genius, but he's, he's a good Good man, man, and gets gets players in the zone. Mm. We've uh, we've just had a tweet in from Mark Benici. I read that out. He says, "As long as Warnock keeps us out of the bottom three, he's the right man." And I think that uh, that pretty much sums up how how most of us think about Neil Warnock. You know, if he keeps us up, fantastic, he, he's perfect. Um, exactly. So now we'll, we'll we'll look ahead just quickly. My final question. My last one was penultimate, as Nick pointed out. This is the ultimate question. Um, we're looking ahead now. Uh, we've got three. The next four games uh, we've got Swansea away then we've got Villa at home then we've got Spurs away and then Stoke at home so you know realistically from that you know there's, there's points there for definite I think we could I'd hope for for minimum two wins really from those four games and that would uh, really get us away from, from the bottom three further than we are now so realistically I'll start with you Nick what do you want from well I don't know what you want what do you think realistically we can expect from, from those next four games um I think the only game that we possibly won't get a result against, uh, the only team we won't get a result against is Southampton. I think Stoke are there for the taking. Villa we're not, playing, still we're not, playing, we're not playing Southampton. <laughs> Nick, it's Sorry, Swan- I'm, I'm Swansea, 
Swansea, Villa, Spurs and Stoke. Yeah, sorry, I'm just looking in the that's chat right. room here. Tony's put Southampton in on the, that's on the <laughs> Sorry. Boxing Day, that's all right. That's Boxing, yeah, boxing day, day, and I'm missing. Um, Swansea, doable, but we never beat them at home, but we're away, so we might do that. Stoke, these are the sort of games we have to win, aren't they? And we said that about Sunderland. It's, yeah. it's a crazy, topsy-turvy league, so who knows what's going to happen. I wouldn't like to call anything, because we'll be totally wrong. Although I did call 3-1 today. I must say, before the game. <laughs> I hope you put money on it. No, no. I didn't. Did. <laughs> yeah. um, Patrick, what do you think? Next four games? Um, I, would, I, would, I would love to get seven points, but like you said, I'll, I'll, I'll take the six. So I'm thinking that um, we'll probably not beat Swansea next week, even though we drew them last year. They're a very, very difficult team to beat. I think we can beat Villa. We never beat Spurs. I hate Spurs. So we never beat them. <laughs> and we'll, I think we'll beat Stoke at home. I think Stoke are not playing well. I think they're definitely there to be taken. So I think we'll win the, the two home games. And I really think we could, we could draw one of the two away games. So I'm going to actually say seven points. Okay. And uh, Tony, 12 points? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like it, but no. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the question, but add a, add a couple of um, fixtures in there. Because um, after after the Tottenham match, um, we've got Stoke at home, as you said, City away, Southampton at home, and then QPR away, which brings us up to the new year. And I think I think Swansea will we will probably lose. We don't tend to do very well at Swansea. We, had, we were all right last year, um, but it was a bit of a lacklustre game from what I hear. Uh, Villa at home, I, I think we should beat. They're not playing very well. Um, Tottenham away, we could get a draw, but we don't do very well at White Hart Lane. Um, Stoke depends entirely on which Stoke team turns up um, you don't know sometimes they're brilliant sometimes they're not good at all uh, City will probably lose um, Southampton at home again will probably lose and then we've got QPR away which we could win so what I'm hoping for if we, we're on 12 points now if we can get to 22 points by um, New Year um, then I think that puts us in a really good position um, for the rest of the season to, to try and hit that magic 40 mark to try and stay up, so okay. uh, I, that's that's where I, I I'd say the two home games we we need to get ideally points from there. So I'd say six out of the next four, but twenty two by by January first when we play Villa away. Okay, there is a comprehensive preview of, of the next like two months of Palace action. <laughs> I like um, to do things in full. I never do things by half. <laughs> that is uh, pretty mi- pretty much it from us tonight. Oh, we got a lot of four word reviews in, so I'll just read a few of those out. Um, and then we'll finish it up. Aaron Fox says, gutted I missed it. Bob the Eagle, that's more like it. Matthew Mason says, we are Super Palace. Uh, the sixth metatarsal echoes a lot of what we've said today with big beards equal goals. Um, and then, oh, I don't, might, oh, oh, okay. I'm getting messages from, from the producers to read specific ones. I don't know where they are. I'm going to, uh, I now know where they are. Um, Simon King on Facebook says, slow start came good. Some, a few more from Facebook. Ollie Allison says, Dwight Gale, goal machine. And then two more. Peter, CPFC, Anthony says, about bloody time, boys. And to finish it off, Dan Skipsy says, easy, 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 easy. <laughs> That's all from us tonight. I've, Thank you very, sorry, very can much. Sorry, can I just do one last four words with you? Roll, then. Go on. <laughs> Chris Hamblin, who he? Okay, right, we'll have that. That's a good one. Um, ah, that wasn't nice. <laughs> no, it wasn't, right? <laughs> no, let's, uh, let's we miss you, Chris. We miss you, Chris. It's, uh, it's been a very good show. Thank you very much for listening in. Hope you uh, enjoyed listening to, for once, a very positive Homestead Radio. Um, we'll be back next week, hopefully celebrating three more points at the Liberty Stadium. But that's Get all. in. Good night. 
it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.